Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast presented by Waterproof. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the top coaches, brand managers, and athletes on earth. From starting out to where they are now, we'll explore the journey of how they became a Difference Maker. Before we keep going, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to hear more from the Difference Makers. All right, guys, we are live. This is the Difference Makers podcast. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. Today we have with us Anna Mueller from Germany. And did I say it properly? Mueller. Mueller. Okay. I, I've it been struggling. Close. I'm trying. I was trying. Um, so Anna is an indoor wor- rowing world champion. She holds multiple records or has broken multiple world records on the ski erg and on the row erg. And uh, on top of being a rowing instructor, she's a CrossFit instructor and holds her uh, equestrian instructor training as well yes it's awesome anna thanks for coming to the show you are very well versed in a bunch of different fitness uh endeavors here so thanks for the invite yes um so tell us a little bit about how you got started in rowing and how uh you know you you've gone on to the world championships in indoor rowing how did that come up and how did you get the ball rolling with with rowing specifically Yes, so um, I got introduced to CrossFit in 2016. That's when I started with uh, CrossFit. And about a year later, I realized that like, when I'm sitting next to the boys, I pretty much pull the same splits. So I felt comfortable on the rower and I felt strong on the rower from the beginning. And then I got interested and I looked around and I found some online competitions. And I started with the, let me think, with the row series, actually. Okay. And um, so from the beginning, I could place myself in the top three. And I started to look for a coach i was working with one of our coaches in the box first and he was into bob uh bobsled bobsled yeah yeah so i thought he's a sprinter so he can help me but um we didn't get that far (laughs) and um then i was very lucky that rob carson from new york he reached out to me on instagram okay and asked me if he can help and um, since then, I was working with him, and he got me prepared for my first live event, with which was the British Indoor Rowing Championships in 2017. So this was December 2017, and I could win my age group there on the 2,000 meters and also on the 500. And then I um, went to the World Championships in Alexandria two months later. And I could um, get a silver medal on the 2,000 meters. Awesome. And, yeah, that was the beginning. And then um, I continued doing online competitions. So I could win road royalty three times in a row, which was pretty cool because there's, like, uh, if you are in the open category, you have to go against, like, young girls as well. Yeah. I'm 36 now. So last year I was placed third in road royalty, but um, I 
lost against a 20-year-old British rowing chick. Like she's just getting started for being like a high, high level on the water. Yeah. And um, another girl from the U.S., she is like in the early 20s. And so I thought to myself, well, it's the third place. It's bronze. But then at the same time, I'm going against young ladies, you know, yeah, <laughs> who are very strong and juicy. And so that's okay. And, yeah, um, no, that's, that's still pretty incredible. And that was yeah. it. Sorry, which event was that? The Road Royalty. Okay. So this is a pretty big event, and it started from a CrossFit uh, box, actually. And um, it's been running for a few years already. It's always in January. And for the indoor rowing community, this is one of the biggest events because you can actually win quite a bit of money. Okay. So first prize, the years I won it was $1,000 for online competition that's pretty cool that's pretty good for online yeah and then last year they actually topped it up and i think first place in the open category had like a three thousand dollars price money that's pretty good so that's gaining yeah. a little bit of popularity then and gaining the sponsorship backing yeah and then um let's see i mean this year i want to go again and but we also did teams every year so you can go as an individual and then you can join a team so it's two girls two guys and then you can win as a team as well so you can win an erg oh but it was always funny because the last years we were very mixed up teams so there's one canadian one from the u.s one from england one from germany and then these four won one erg. Oh. <laughs> yes. But because the same team won three years in a row, we could kind of just distribute the ergs. That's that that's fine. good at least. Yes. But so how did you find a team like that? Is it all just based on the online community or is it people you knew? Um both actually. So um the the indoor rowing com community is pretty big and we meet at live events like the world championships and everything else and this is being organized by world rowing so yeah. it's the same organization that does the on water rowing as well yep and in 2019 they did a um invite for the World Urban Games in Budapest. Yep. So you had to qualify for that. And then there was eight females, eight men to go there and compete. And it was funny. And there's um, there was a place where I met the Canadian, Jason Marshall. Okay, yeah. And he's a strong guy. So he's yeah. one of the guys I'm in a team with for the Road Royalty. Pretty much every year. Okay. And he's he has some world records as well, correct? Yes, he's plenty. <laughs> he has plenty. Okay. <laughs> yes. So friend of friend of the show, Liz, she was one of the organizers of the uh, urban games. Oh, okay, cool. So she I I actually talked to her yesterday. So oh. <laughs> I, I we talked a lot about rowing yesterday. So now it's on like top of mind. So it's kind of funny that that we're we're talking today as well. Yeah. But uh, it was a great event. 
I've heard, yeah, nothing but good things about that. I really that like it. And I, I, you know, when we had Liz on the show, she was talking about um, they were trying to introduce different types of events and different uh, kind of competitive changes that you could, you know, like in the CrossFit world, there's always an ever-changing kind of style of event or type of event. And, and in rowing, it was typically just like 2K, have fun. Yeah where they were trying to do different things. And I remember she said that one of the events was a, a stroke rate event. It was like a 6K, but you either had to, you know, they gave you guys the option. Are you remembering? Do you know this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I love this event. And, yeah. um, but when I, the, the, the days before I got to Budapest, mm-hmm. I got sick a little bit. So okay. I wasn't at my best, like health and the community like they they had the instagram post where they asked the people if we had to do it on i think a 14 stroke per yeah, minute to do either 14 strokes per minute or like yeah so and i just thought to myself i can't like in this state i can't do a 36 strokes per minute for 6k i mean this is more than 20 minutes you have to go like high frequency yeah so i was happy that we went for the 14 strokes per minute <laughs> and i mean i i love power strokes yeah i really like the low stroke rate yeah that yeah. um some of that stuff like it's interesting um do you now this is going to get into crossfit and i know you, you got started in crossfit do you find that crossfitters understand the difference of like the stroke rates on the ergs like do you you see that as something that they struggle with or they you know what do you notice from from crossfitters with their erg technique let's just say well um it's funny because they spend so much time looking at at the weightlifting you know for example like the mechanics and everything and then you see the guys sitting on the erg having the damper up to 10 and then, then they do a 18 stroke per minute. So they just pull very hard and pause and pull very hard and pause. And then it was funny. I had a conversation with one of the, he's a big guy at our gym. And um, we had a what together where we had rowing in there. Mm-hmm. And when we finished, he came up to me and has said, I will never understand how you can like this. And I said, well, the way you are rowing, I can understand that you don't like it. Yeah. So, and I started to explain to him that like you're working with the air resistance. Okay. So you have the, the air wheel. Yeah. And then when you pull and the resistance is very high, then it will slow down very quickly. Mm-hmm. And you have to use the most power to bring it from a still stand and to get it rolling. And once it is moving, it will get easier to keep going. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what you do is you pull hard. So you have to put in a lot of work to get it going. And then you just wait until it stops again (laughs) to make sure that your next stroke is as hard as again you know and you can feel that you're working hard and this is something a crossfitter always wants to feel that he's working hard 
Yeah. Okay, because that makes us feel good. <laughs> so I really put a lot of power in there. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's not that it's not transferring to the role because most of the energy is being used to get the wheel spinning, but yeah. not to make pace. Yeah. So if this same person would just rate on a 24 and put in the same work, he would be so much faster. So instead of rowing at an 18 strokes, you say row at like a 24 strokes, but keep the damper the same kind of thing? Yes. I mean, I, I would say no one should actually row on a 10 because it doesn't make sense. Because yeah. you always compare the stroke rate with the damper setting because the higher the stroke rate Mm -hmm. the higher the damper setting can be because as i just explained the wheel starts spinning and it slows down very quickly if the resistance is very high so you have to get the next stroke in very quickly Hmm. okay so if i get the damper down and i just raise up a little bit the stroke rate then i will have to um, I, I don't need to work as hard yeah. to get the same pace on the rower. And this is very important for us crossfitters because I would say that rowing, double unders, ski, erg, running, it's all in there just to destroy us a little bit, okay? Because this is yeah. not the main part. This is not where we win something so this is like the the most important things in a wad is like the weightlifting and everything else but everything mm-hmm. you can cycle yeah like this is a cyclic movement yeah it's it, you can put some rhythm in there and this will help you control your heart rate so if you learn to control your stroke rate then you can learn to control your heart rate and your breathing and then you can manage to take this part of the of the workout to calm down a little bit you know what i mean yeah no 100 percent. so this is um and this is where i see most of the crossfitters they put too much work into the machines and they are not getting enough out of it so I was going to say, like, how do you think about that in the middle of a, of a workout? Like, you know, if we look back at some of the more recent events, it seems like the ergs have been thrown in as just busy work in, in like yeah. the CrossFit competitions. It's just kind of like there doesn't really dictate who wins or loses. No. No. So, so usually I would, I would, um, I'm telling my CrossFitters to put like, 70 or 80 percent work into these machines so like this is your output mm-hmm. in in your workout because it's not where you win if you take the workout baseline which is 500 meter row into 40 air squats yeah and you just take this first part of the workout and you go let's say for a 140 pace okay yeah so this might burn your legs already Okay, so you get off the rower, and with burning legs, you're trying to do 40 quick air squats. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, I don't know, but most of them feel shit if they do this. Yeah. So if you go for 145, this might feel more comfortable. Yeah. And you get off the rower, and you might be 
able to do 40 quick air squats. But this is five seconds. Yeah. That's like, this is nothing. Like if you don't use the quick release and you don't get out of the straps, that's your five seconds gone there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and how many times do we actually have 500 meters? Because most of the times it's even less. So it's 250 or 300 meters in a Like if you go for more than yeah. two, three rounds or it's 20 calories. So 20 calories, it's like 250 meters maybe. Yeah. So if you compare a 140 to 145 pace, this is only two and a half seconds that you could win on the erg. Exactly. And, they, I, I think people don't look at that that split output and realize that the you know the 140 to a 145 is a five second difference, but 20 percent more output or whatever it is for that person. Yes. And that's where it's it's kind of funny to watch. Like you you mentioned the baseline. So for people who aren't familiar, the baseline workout is 500 meter row. 40 squats and then it depends but like 30 sit-ups 20 push-ups 10 pull-ups is kind of the classic one that yeah. that we used to do at my gym and i've run thousands of people through that workout and it's really funny to see when people are like i gotta crush this row it's like no i wouldn't do that <laughs> i wouldn't do that but they they either don't know how to like manage that capacity or they just try to be a hero and and just crush it and typically the people who try to win the row are not the first person to finish that workout no so in my seminars this is one thing i do like i let them do this as a test when we start the seminar and then at the end of the seminar and when we repeat it at the end of the seminar i tell them to go three seconds per split slower than Mm -hmm. they did before yeah and i would say 80 percent of them finish faster than in the first round Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and feel better. So, this is the main thing. Like, they feel better with it. Yeah. That'll be the big thing. When you're rowing in in a competitive sitting for for, uh, calories versus distance, what kind of advice do you normally give people? Because in CrossFit, yeah, we do end up seeing a lot of, like, calorie rows as opposed to distance rows in the middle of a workout. Like, the open, which is coming up. Um, historically has only been calories and not distance. Yeah. Um, my advice is to um, not do anything different because in the end, it's just another display of the input on the arc. So you can roll and 1,250 calories is a 150 pace. And this will not change doesn't matter if you take another stroke or if you if you pull in a different way you just think it is this way but it's not so it's just another display on the machine so if you roll calories and you just switch displays mm-hmm. then the input doesn't change you know it's it will always tell you the same thing so what you need to do is do to um Get yourself a number where you know that you can hold for 10 rounds if you need to. Like, for example, if we take the the open workout with the wall balls and the rowing. So many people in this workout got to 10 rounds. 
Okay. Yeah. So I need to know which number I can pull for 10 rounds. Yeah. So for me, I know, for example, that 1,250 calories, I can always pull. So this is, this is like a comfortable uh, pace for me. Mm-hmm. And this is 150. So 150 is very fast already. Yeah. And then you need to you need to be smart about your rowing, especially if it's like for more rounds. Because in the end again, this is not where it counts. So you need to get your numbers in a safe place and you need to get to know your numbers. So even if I feel very strong in the beginning, and I could easily pull 1,400 calories per minute, mm-hmm. uh, per hour. I still need to manage to get to my 1,250 because this is where I know I need to be after 10 rounds as well. Yeah. Okay, so this is just to get to know yourself and your pacing. But I think this is what most of the CrossFitters actually miss because – I know how many calories I can pull on the ski erg, how many, like at which RPM I need to be on the assault bike to hold for like 10 rounds. I know that I have to sit around 64, uh, 65 RPM, you know? So this is, yeah. this is a pace I can hold. And um, I think you always need to get to know your numbers. But yeah. from the technique nothing changes for calories. I like that. I think most people try to do different things. If it's calories, they try to pull harder, you know, like a lower stroke rate, higher output kind of thing, as opposed to just, it doesn't work like that. No, no. The best thing is just try to get your consistency in there. So get your stroke right. And then just try to go through, get your breathing, like, control it and just concentrate on the other things because there's never rowing only rowing so if there's only rowing go all out that's fine (laughs) but if it's it's not no no i think there's only been only rowing in like a handful of events and they've been at the uh quarterfinal or was it even in the semifinals? It, it's been in It was the 1,000-meter row? Yeah, that was at the games, though, in phase yeah. one of the games in 2020. Yeah. And I think that was it. And that's like the yeah. that and then the marathon row have been the only two times that there's been a exclusively rowing event. Yes. Hmm. Never really thought too much about that. That's, that is interesting. Um, but yeah, that is also the worst advice and the best advice for rowing. It's just like, okay, well, you just have to row. So go all out for it. (laughs) And obviously that depends on the event too. If it's a 5k versus a 500 meters, the approach is slightly different there. I would say everything up to 500 is just go, just go from the beginning, just go. But, um, even if it comes to 1k, 1k, I need to pace myself. Mm-hmm. yeah for the 2k i need a plan so but it depends of course for the 1k i'm having like 200 meter splits for my plan for yeah. the 2k i have like 500 meter splits that makes sense just and it. Um, another story from my gym actually we had a 2k time trial okay. on the menu <laughs> and 
we advise the athletes to be on a straight stroke rate of 28, I think. Okay. And a lot of people on that day got a PR. Yeah. Because from the beginning, they just stayed consistent with the stroke rate and they managed to not go all out because it's the worst thing in a 2K to go all out in the beginning because you will just like reach 800 meters, have 1,200 to go and you're you're dead. Yeah. So 2K. So everybody, that was the advice, was just stay at, at 28 and then hold a like a comfortable pull at 28 strokes yes i mean if you if you um i can also like work myself up on 28 right Mm -hmm. but because you don't go like um you're consistent in your stroke rate means you can actually settle on your breathing as well and it just drives the people to go to to work more with more efficiency you know so that's it that's a good way to put it now now i'm like now i want to try it but i don't want to try it (laughs) (laughs) you can try it with something else (laughs) yeah no i'm gonna try that next time i hop on an erg i'm gonna pay attention to that and i want to see like what i can hold at, at 28 um I was telling you before we started recording that I decided to do a 500 meter all out yesterday and I died on the, uh, right around the 400 meter mark. Yeah. And it was funny because I was like, I was pretty cold and I haven't done an all out 500 in, in a while. Like it's, it's been a decent amount of time. And, uh, I forgot what that felt like to just like feel like you're crashing and just have no yeah. pull left. And, I'm not a, I'm not a great, I'm not a good, I'm, I'm a passable rower. Like I'm a passable CrossFit athlete who can go on the erg. And I understand the metrics and how to, to use them a little bit, but I just, that feeling of that, like, Oh, your pull is done. See you later. <laughs> yeah. was funny. Um, and it's now thinking about doing a 2k is like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready mentally for that yet, but <laughs> that being said, I'll probably end up trying this 28 strokes and see how it goes. Yeah, or it's just um like I said, you you know for the 2k you need a plan. Like yeah. for myself, the French pacing is working, so you have um four 500 meter splits. Yeah. And then you know your average pace from your last 2k. Okay. okay. So let's say my goal is a 7 minute piece, I have to hold a 145. And I come in and I will do the first 500 on 143. And then I will do the middle thousand meters on like 146 to 147. And then in the final 500, I try to go again for 143 or faster. Mm -hmm. And then you average somewhere. Yeah. So this this is the French pacing. And I... I love my numbers, so I even count the strokes. Okay. So I go in and I know that um, I have to do like 224 strokes. So I will use 10 strokes for the start, and then I will do 14 strokes at so-and-so. And And this is so this is my race plan, you know? (laughs) 
Wow. And it's funny, but it works also. So for me, it works because I can concentrate on my numbers and I'm yeah. like, the moment I start, I'm like this. That's cool. Yeah. The Being able to count your strokes like that and know, okay, it's going to take, like you said, 240 or whatever, like that to be able to concentrate and focus on that and to keep your pacing while you're doing that. Like to me, that's, that's an impressive thing to be able to do. But it helps. Yeah. Um, I will just give you an example. Like you need around 100 strokes for 1000 meters. Okay. Yeah. So for example, there's a lot of conversation in my head while I'm on the yeah. rower. And when I come down to like 500 meters to go, this might be the place where it hurts the most. But then I can keep telling myself, Anna, it's only 50 strokes. You can always do 50 strokes. Yeah. So, and then it's like 49, 48, 47. And it goes down very quickly. So this mm. is, for me, this is some kind of meditation, but also some kind of motivation. So this is like, I always count from 100 backwards down. Okay. And I can I can see the end of the line. So this is I think this is for me why this counting works. Oh, that's yeah. counting backwards from a hundred. I'm sure I would mess up at some point. No, you <laughs> don't. Because you get the rhythm. Really try it. Yeah. Try it. So and it's then, like and even even it helps me if I go for calories, for example. I know if I have to roll 15 calories, it might take me like 20 strokes. So yeah. I start, I go in and I'm seeing my pace. So I see the 1250 on my screen and I go in and I'm down to zero, but there's three strokes left. So I know yeah. the next time I get on, I start at 28. Yeah. And then I count back again. See, I'm always... Oh, I always know what's ahead, you know? Yeah. I'm, the, I'm bad about that. Yeah. I'll count my strokes, but I go the other way and I count up and I'll be like, okay, I got 10 cows left. I got to do 10 strokes, 12 strokes. And then I look up and I'm like, I still have a lot of calories left and I've done my 10 or 12. <laughs> so I'm giving myself unrealistic expectations of how many strokes I think it's going to take me to finish that. <laughs> yes. But if you stay at a certain pace, yeah, then your stroke rate counting will be accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true because too. it's math in the end oh yeah yeah, yeah. so this uh, is why i count so and for me it helps and it helps me because sometimes like when you fall apart physically yeah then your mind goes like it starts to to get hectic and to get negative as well yeah and I can pull myself out of there if I focus. And if I count, I need to focus. So it's yeah. like I can get myself on the line again. That's that's a good way to look at it. Like you get rid of those thoughts by focusing on your yeah. the important factors. That's good. Now, one thing that we were talking about before is you have multiple or you've held multiple world records on the ski erg as well. Yes. And so, you know, we, I think you said it's the two, the six, sorry, 2K, 6K, and 30 minutes on the skier. Yeah. Now, 
the 2K versus the 30 minutes is, is pretty significant in terms of the duration difference. How do you approach the longer ones? Do you still do some of the same techniques that you do on the short ones? What I say short, like 2K is not exactly short, but. Yeah. You mean on the ski arc or on the row arc as well? I mean, I guess, I guess both. Like, do you approach yeah. it differently because you're skiing, even though it's, you know, like the machines are somewhat similar? Well, yeah. I mean, it's um, when you go for the 6K or the 30 minutes, anything longer, you can pace yourself. And then you're able to, for example, like for some strokes, let your arms rest and let some other part of the body work for it. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work on the on the shorter distances. Yeah. But um like I would say the the 6k for example, I just held a little bit a lower stroke rate. I think I did it on like a 35 or something. The 30 okay. minute. Yeah. On the 6k, they were pretty pretty um, much the same. Okay. And I did it in a workout. <laughs> So the story to this is um, I had a hip surgery in 2018. Okay. So I had to stop rowing because it did hurt me. Yeah. And I started to do all my training programming on the ski arc. So I just transferred all the training to the ski arc because on the ski arc I could control the movement of my hip. And um, it was maybe it was on around Christmas when I did the world records. Okay. And it started with the 2K world record and it actually happened during a workout. So I did a workout for myself and it was like, um, I think, two miles on the assault bike and then 2K on the ski erg and then again two <laughs> miles on the assault bike. And it's not that I'm super strong, but the world record before was just a little bit soft, I would say. Yeah. (laughs) And then I always program the machine. So even then I just go there and I don't do just row or just ski. So I go on standards and then 2000 meters. And because again, I like to see it counting down. (laughs) (laughs) So and I just checked at the end. I put it on concept two on my um, logbook, and then I realized that it was a world record by point something. So it was really close to the old world record, and it got broken a few, I would say, a half year later. Okay. And then I did the six k in the thirty minutes, and this was actually planned. Yeah. So yeah. That's impressive to me that you did that in the middle. Like you know, two k or two miles on an assault bike is, you know, not not a small feat either. Like no. I don't think you you went one hundred percent on that first no. assault bike, but two miles on an assault bike is five minutes, seven minutes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then two k on the there. So that's that's impressive that you did it in the middle of a workout. How does it work for submitting world records and, and like being accepted for that? Like you have to show the standards on it and then send it in. But do you have to have video proof or anything like that? No. Um, 
you can like everyone can create a logbook account on concept2 so it's log.concept2.com and there you can rank pretty much everything so there's uh, for the row erg and the ski erg, there's 100 meters, 1K, 2K, 6K, 10K, then half marathon and marathon, and the 30 minutes and the 60 minutes and the one-minute piece. And everything besides the 2K, the 2K world record has to be done in public or on a race. Okay. So this has to be verified through, I would say, spectators. Yeah. Um, to be official because this is something special because it's the Olympic distance yeah. but for everything else you can like if you program anything on the concept two machines you can go for um, to see the the results later mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. then if you push on this side there's the little buttons yeah and if you push the third or fourth down there two times you get a verification code okay yeah and then you lock it and with the ver verification code it's actually like official and of course like if you video it yes but concept two will not ask for a video okay but if there's anything like very funny about it like there was a 1K world records being done by some Polish guy this year because every year Concept2 is having the virtual 1K sprint world championships yeah. for the ski arc and the row arc. And um, this time was so quick that they actually didn't accept it. Oh. And this guy is said to be on steroids as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, well. Of course, they can't prove it, but yeah, that's. Uh, I was always wondering that because I mean, you do see some different world records being broken, and and I know it's uh, it's cool because Concept Two is the standard for the erg. Yeah. So it's cool to see that that it's that they're holding these record events and they're they're able to give out records and and verify yeah. these things. Yeah, I mean, it's for example, um, Tia, Claire Toomey, she mm -hmm. actually broke the lightweight world record in this 1K row. Oh. Yeah, but she didn't weigh in. So this is to, to verify she would have had to weigh in at a certain weight because she's a lightweight. Yeah. So they can only um, verify if there was an official weigh-in prior to the race. But maybe she can do it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure she probably can. Yeah. <laughs> what are the... Uh, so it's lightweight and heavyweight. There's two different weight classes? Yes. And um, are the times significantly different between the two, do you find? Or are they fairly yeah. similar? Yeah. Yeah. What, so it's... Um, for, for the guys, it's very hard for a lightweight to get under the six-minute mark. Yeah. So if you like, if you want to be um, at like successful at the world championships or something like this, then mm -hmm. as a man you have to be close or under six minutes for the two okay. k. Yeah. yeah, and for the lightweight, 
it comes to maybe 615. Okay, yeah. Something like that. What are the uh, height doesn't factor in, correct? It's just weight. It's just weight. Yeah. But road royalty is the only competition that actually does the height. Okay. So you're tall or standard. Okay, I was going to say tall <laughs> or short. But yeah, standard. Okay, that's a nice way of saying that. Yes. And then what's what are the uh, what are the separations there? Do you know that off the top of your head? Um, in the weight classes. Uh, weight classes and in uh, height classes. Well, f- for the women in the weight classes, it's uh, sixty-three kilo, I think. Okay. So if you're below, and the guys, I think it's seventy-two. Oh, okay. That's lighter yeah. than I expected. Okay. Yeah, and. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same for boats, but this is on the arc. Yeah. Okay. And the height is 168 for female. Okay. Yeah. And I think just a little bit taller for the guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So, but height doesn't factor in for the most part. So that's, that's good. Although I would like to say I'm in lightweight, but I'm, I'm not. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would like to be able to, my numbers are in line with lightweight, I'm sure, more so than heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, for, for like, for the CrossFitters, it uh, it's, doesn't matter. Maybe the smaller athlete has to do a little bit more strokes. But um, then at the same time, it's like, um, you have the leg drive, Mm-hmm. which is responsible for like the beginning of the movement. So it's, you can really compare it to the weightlifting. If you start to work on the flywheel, if you want to get the flywheel going, then you use the biggest muscles, which is the legs. And then for the hip opening in the arms, which is only 30% of the stroke is the hip opening and 10% is the arms. And this is for accelerating. So this is to make, to, to create speed in your drive. Yeah. So it's the same in the weightlifting. And if you have like a strong core and a quick hip opening, you might be able to produce a much higher and faster pace than the taller person who is like slow in the movement. Interesting. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But for sustaining pace, does that taller athlete then just potentially benefit from that as opposed to being having that explosiveness? Depends. Because if this taller athlete can't accelerate the the drive yeah okay and he has to work with because if you can't accelerate then you you have to use your power Mm -hmm. okay then it's strength so that's the question if the smaller athlete that is able to have a quick hip drive and be able to to get a fast pull because it's a strong hip opening and quick arms and therefore, this is less work than the athlete that has to use the strength, but has the longer way. But then at the same time, on this longer way, has to use more strength. You know, this is like, it's hard to say. Yeah. There's a lot of factors. It's not just it's yeah. not so like cut and dry. But the smart thing to do is to have a quick hip opening. No matter what. Yeah, well, That's, because this is this is creating speed, and you need speed. Yeah, 
And I feel that's similar to, I mean, that's pretty much every sport. A yeah. quick hip drive and that that power, yeah. that's the key. It's like do a bar muscle up and you have a quick hip drive, then it's just you don't need strength. Yeah. And exactly. same with the weightlifting. Do a snatch and quick hip opening. You don't, you, you just, it just goes there, right? Yeah. Boom. It's like muscling it with your upper body versus that hip drive with your lower body. Like for yeah. the CrossFitters out there, you know, that's where you're successful. And it's very similar. The erg, quick hip drive, fast opening, and snatch and the clean, quick yes. hip drive, fast opening. They're both going to lead you to success. Awesome. Yes. It's on so that, simple. <laughs> it, 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 on paper, it's so simple. Yes. If you want to learn how, then just book me. I will come for a seminar. Hey, I was going to say, where can everybody find you? Where can everybody book you if they're interested in, in some more rowing uh, tips, tricks, seminars? Yes. Um, yes. You can see my Instagram. It's Anna Yulia EBC. And um, I'm actually open to... I'm I'm ready to start traveling the globe to give seminars. Yeah. So I do it here in Germany or in the German speaking countries and um but I'm ready to go. Just just whenever so uh you have a website Corona as well. It's uh letting us, right? Well, yeah. Everything's <laughs> Canada's funny right now. I know that. I can tell you that, but Anyways, I don't want to talk about that, <laughs> but uh, they can find you there. And then your website is linked there. And then uh, if you are if, guys, if you're interested in seminars or if you're interested in more programming, check out Anna's Instagram. Um, Anna also programmed our rowing stream on the Wadproof app. So you can yes. check out the Wadproof Academy and Anna's rowing program is in there as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if you're interested in booking, go to Anna's Instagram and you can get in contact with her. Yes. Awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. Uh, guys, this has been the Difference Makers. Have great training sessions this week, and we'll we'll talk soon. Bye. <laughs> With the Wadproof Pro Experience, you'll get instant access to training programs from some of the best coaches on the planet. From full training programs in the gym and at home, to movement-specific programs for weightlifting, gymnastics, engine, endurance, rowing, and more. We have a program that is designed for your needs, whether you are a beginner or a pro. Every training session introduces a series of questions. Am I happy with my performance? Where could I have gone faster? When will I be ready to go again? For Wadproof Pro athletes, also this question. What can I learn from that workout? With a Wadproof Pro subscription, you gain access to a complete training toolbox. From a full-featured exercise log, to side-by-side -side comparisons, to the ability to record your heart rate right alongside your rounds and reps. You have at your fingertips everything you need to learn, to make progress, and to go into tomorrow's training more prepared than today's. The best athletes are the best students, and with your Wadproof Pro subscription, you will have in your pocket the education you need to elevate your training, and uncover the many lessons that every single workout offers you. Subscribe today so you can get better tomorrow.